the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money investing and more. I try not to give specific advice during the show, not because I don't want to, but for legal reasons. I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't know your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your experience, your stock holdings. I don't know if you're all tech. I don't know if you cry when you lose money. Therefore, it's probably best that I don't give specifics. With that said, I do talk about how to make money investing over the long term. Typically, it's time in the market, not timing the market. I've never met a day trader worth a million dollars who started out as an average person. Never in 25 years of doing this. Here's a big picture way of potentially making money. Joe Biden is going to sign an executive order targeting half of all vehicles sold in the United States to be zero emissions by 2030. Instantly, I think of a solar ETF. Why? Because ETFs are the best way not to hurt my audience. I don't know if it's going to be Lordstown Motors or Tesla. I don't know if it's going to be the battery maker that's in China, the battery maker that's in Japan, the battery maker that's in South Korea. I'd rather own them all. In an exchange-traded fund that has low costs, and it just takes a very stupid approach to investing, anything that touches the world of electric vehicles, we will own. Then you don't have to pay for a manager going, I've got a degree from Berkeley Finance. And my wife needs to buy a fur coat. I'm going to charge a lot more money this quarter. Like, you don't need that. President Joe Biden is going to sign an executive order on Thursday that sets target for zero emissions to account for half of all automobiles sold in the United States by 2030. It's a non-binding goal. It's part of a series of actions Biden will announce aimed at jumpstarting a dramatic shift towards electric vehicles. The president's going to sign the orders with executives from Ford, GM on hand, as well as leaders from United Auto Workers. They're going to show their show of support. What's interesting about that, there's going to be a big White House ceremony, and where's Tesla? It's a good question. Biden is going to kick off the development of a long-term fuel efficiency and emission standards that would apply to heavy-duty vehicles in addition to cars, SUVs, pickup trucks. This is going to get pushback. You're not going to take away my God-given right to to have a pistol or to have an AK-47. You're not going to take away my right to have a railgun or nuclear bomb. If we can go as far as to say you need to have your rights protected on automatic weapons— People are going to freak out about 50% electric vehicles. 
I want my gas guzzler. My daddy had a gas guzzler. My daddy's daddy had a gas guzzler. My son's going to have a gas guzzler. We're all going to be gas guzzlers. The White House estimated the new rules would save about 200 billion gallons of gasoline and reduce 2 billion metric tons of carbon pollution, resulting in $900 in savings for consumers over a vehicle's lifespan. We've heard that kind of math before. Officials said the fuel efficiency and emission standards would result in about $140 billion net benefits over the life of the program. Those are always kind of shady numbers in everyone's minds, right? Anything the government puts their financial stamp on, we're like, eh, we don't trust you. Because we saw the you know $400 hammer that the Pentagon once bought. It was just a hammer from Home Depot. Biden has made electric vehicles a major priority in his $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. That proposal includes $7.5 billion in electrical vehicle charging stations. There are some investments in electrical vehicle charging stations. And if we're going to move from 2 to 5% of all cars being electric vehicles to 50%, those charging stations are going to get more and more and more full. It's also going to allocate $6 billion in battery supply chain and battery pack manufacturing and help factories expand capacity to produce electric vehicles. I can lead you the horse to water, but I can't make you drink it. These are numbers that fracture how our GDP is growing. When you see numbers like we're trying to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 50 to 52 percent, we're trying to get number of vehicles sold in the United States between 40 and 50 percent by the year 2030, and you hear our GDP is between two and six percent. Six percent when we have crazy stimulus. Typically, our GDP is between two and four percent. And we haven't had a good 4% on its own in a long time. So I'd say typically our GDP is in normal times. And what's normal these days, right? Ever since 9-11, we've been on a march to lower interest rates, which there's another bad news coming for homeowners. No, no, not homeowners, renters. Later in the show. There's a new buyer coming. It's not the millennials. It's not the baby boomers and generation Xers who are trying to get a second home or a vacation home or a suburb home or an ex-burbs where you're deep in the woods hanging out with birds and bees and sugar nut trees. So Pete Buttigieg that last name throws me every single time. Says he doesn't know why Elon Musk's Tesla was snug for Biden's clean car showcase. Feels snarky. I don't know. Maybe it's a Musk left California, Democrat state. I went to Texas, Republican state. Could it be that petty? I hope not. But this is a big opportunity to grow, get in a sector that's growing faster than our economy. Musk tweeted himself, yeah, seems odd that Tesla wasn't invited. Tesla's not unionized, and that's probably where it happened. They've resisted efforts to organize. Never heard from the pro-union Biden White House about it. Um, I think it's all worthy of note. But there's a sector that 
if you're saving for retirement, should you have some exposure to it? I'm not going to answer that for you, but I'm guessing likely. If you've got time on your hands, will we grow to 50% electric vehicles? That's the goal in theory. Will we get there quicker or longer? We don't know. The way I would go about it, the way I would tell my kid to go about it, let's put another 20 years on my kid and make him 32 years old. Kid, consider an ETF. But dad, I want to buy individual stocks. You're a father of your own children and my grandchildren. I want you paying attention to them and not uh, picking stocks. Dad, I want to pick individual stocks. You're an engineer for Lockheed Martin. Dad, I want to pick individual stocks. Most of us should own ETFs is the right answer. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about? Rob, me and email Rob at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. Taking a look at yesterday and today is how I start the show typically. We've got a little bit of COVID media fatigue and the Delta variant. I read a very long piece last night of research that my brother sent me about how you're going to see breakthroughs of COVID Delta into vaccinated people. And I think we already started seeing that when it feels like five ESPN reporters got tagged with COVID and their tweets were, I've been double vaccinated. I don't know how this happened. And it's a variant. And the research my brother sent me was on how mutations actually work. I think he wants me to get the story right when I talk about it. Uh, he's particularly afraid of one mutation that we're seeing out of Brazil right now. I'm sorry, not out of Brazil, Peru, I believe, that has spread to Brazil. It's gotten to Texas and South Carolina. He says that one's going to be the killer. Like, he might exaggerate a little bit. When you work in the field, it's is what it is. So we're getting a little earnings fatigue. We're getting a little COVID fatigue. The S&P 500 has been running flat now for the better part of two weeks, maybe a week and a half. There's not a big market story brewing as far as like all-time highs or here comes the correction. Moderna jumps out as a good example of how the earnings news can't necessarily be trusted. As a catalyst, Moderna topped earnings expectations, revenues comfortably. So it beats on earnings, but yet the stock moves lower. Even though Moderna is also tied towards the other exhausting story. There's two of them. There's earnings season. And there's COVID stories. Moderna has talked about how great their shot does against protecting against Delta. 
Can I call it Delta or do I got to call it COVID Delta? I'm just going to call it Delta. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. Go on, cancel me. So Moderna shows great earnings. It, it just looks tired, the market. And it's normal. It's healthy. Uh, you don't want to hit all-time highs every single day. The likes of Uber, Etsy, Roku, Cardinal Health, Cigna, Wynn Resorts, Duke Energy, and Viacom all reported. All pretty good numbers. But again, it's not what have you done for me now. It's what do you do for me next. Wall Street really doesn't care about that phrase, what have you done for me lately? It's already built into the stock is the, the theory. China is implementing travel restrictions and commanding officials to make it their top priority to stop the Delta variant. Major cities in Australia are entering lockdown mode. Keep in mind, they're about two months ahead of us on Delta. There's recognition in the treasury market that Delta could trigger a recession. There's not a lot of fear about it, as the United States is a long way from recession. Trade deficit widened to $75.7 billion in June. Exports were $1.2 billion more than in May. Imports of industrial supplies and materials and capital goods to meet pent-up demand in the U.S. economy really doesn't look like there's recession happening anytime soon. And yet the 10-year treasury is flashing danger, danger, danger. Sitting at 1.19%. As it goes lower, it's telling you that money is believing there's going to be something in economic shock to the system. Do I believe that? It does not usually come to fruition like that, but maybe that's why it doesn't come to fruition. Maybe it starts getting the eyeballs of regulators and Congress, and they go, we're going to have a problem here if we don't do some sort of stimulus. We're going to have a problem here if we don't change our monetary policy. The big story of the day, Biden pushes for electric vehicles to make up half of U.S. auto sales by 2030. That's a big one. There's also going to be some new proposed federal fuel economy standards through the 2026 model year that build on California's tougher regulations. I live in California, and I'm not that bothered by our regulations on vehicles, but I'll also be honest with you. I'm not that sensitive to my freedoms. I see myself as part of a society, and some people are like, they don't. So the Biden administration is trying to be supportive of electric vehicles. There's a lot of savings to be involved on pollution. There's savings to be involved on um, costs of upkeeping. Plus, there's a whole industry of saying, go get a job in electric vehicle world, either as an engineer or selling them or installing EV chargers. From everything I've heard, we won't have enough EV materials to build EV cars after 2025 due to current demand even before this. So there's going to have to be a big capital expenditure investment in finding more materials, refining more materials, recycling more materials. But are we saying goodbye to the internal combustion engine? 
not anytime soon. But we do want 40 to 50 percent of electric vehicles in the United States sold by 2030. Um, think of how many people are still driving around cars that are 30, 40 years old. So, and they're making cars better and better. So we're driving the ones we buy longer and longer. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing in more. Taking a look at, I think that's, I think I've hit that top story, electric vehicles. And in my first hour today, I talked about, or in a different time, I talked about how I would play electric vehicles if I were giving advice to my son, who he's 12, but let's say he's 22 or 32. I'd say, bro, get an ETF. It could be a solar ETF because how are we going to charge these things? It can be an electric vehicle ETF. An ETF is an exchange traded fund. It's kind of like a mutual fund. It's got different tax consequences, typically lower fees. Now, keep in mind, there's actively managed mutual funds, which is a collection of stocks picked by a manager. There's index funds, which are a bunch of stocks that are picked by an index. Therefore, you don't have to pay a manager. ETFs can fall into either category. Typically, you want the non-managed ETF. You want the index. But again, I'm speaking very broadly when I say that. Um, like you may want to, Kathy Wood, who is the goddess of tech stocks right now. You may want her to manage it for you, but I think a good ETF would be a good way to conquer a huge shift in electric vehicles on the road. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I'm struggling through August. It's not a big news month. It's not a big action month for media. Financial companies just, or stocks just reported earnings. Congress is about ready to go on vacation. There's just not a lot coming out. This has been a bad week to be a video game maker. With a couple, couple things going on. A big old lawsuit tied towards sexual harassment in the industry and China cracking down on the opium for the mind of children. This tends not to be the best time for video games because they really want to like release games in September, October where you're like, mom, I want the new Call of Duty game for Christmas. Mom's like, if you don't have a list by December 1st, I'm going to get you nothing. So it, it, there's a little bit of a lull. But lawsuits against Activision Blizzard, cracked down from China, mixed earnings reports. Coming out of the pandemic, looking at some of the numbers pre-pandemic versus pandemic lockdown versus post-pandemic, uh, we can go back out and kiss girls. We don't have to stay in and play video games. Uh-huh. 
that's taken from a skit of uh, who was it? Kirk, James T. Kirk. How is he still alive? Um, Saturday Night Live skit that he did where he was like busting on the Star Trek convention goers. Stop watching it. Go. Go kiss a girl. Go out. But Activision Blizzard has a big problem. And it's not lost on me that they have a culture that the state of California is saying that culture is a little too toxic. The Department of Fair Employment and Housing has initiated litigation due to a culture of harassment of women and discrimination. More allegations continue to emerge and at least two executives have departed. And every time I see an executive depart story, I click on it. I'm like, whatever you do, don't be a Caucasian 55-year-old male who doesn't look like he plays video games. Boom, there he is. <laughs> I'm like, no. So there's litigation there, and that's a culture that needs to change. If you take a look at World of Warcraft, and you take a look at the outfits the girls wear in the game, we don't need 36 double Ds in video games as a selling point. And come on, let's get to the 21st century on that one. And I kind of agree with it. And if you're a woman working at Activision and you're a man working at Activision, do not bring that up in conversation in front of said woman because that's not, a, that's not cool. That's harassment. Take-Two Interactive shares are down 8% in the past seven sessions. Activision Blizzard's off 12%. To me, the problems that are here are all manageable. Sexual harassment will be managed. The China cracking down on opium of the mind of children media report. That's manageable. The one that's going to be a little bit tougher is the post-pandemic people going out and finding that I can sit at a bar and have a couple drinks and be social. I don't have to be at home having a couple drinks playing Call of Duty. I can go out. I can get some fresh air. That's going to be the worrisome part in the next couple of quarters. This quarter didn't stack up terribly well to last year at this time. Um, again, some of these companies have done a really nice job of under-promising and over-delivering. Activision has exposure to China through its Call of Duty mobile game, which builds on the company's strength in mobile games overall. Its strong launch in December has led to more success, and executives said the Call of Duty mobile game is on pace to pass $1 billion in consumer spending this year. I think I said the other day on air that I recently logged in Call of Duty, played three games, because that's all I have the patience for. I was just a, I was entertained at how toxic these guys were trash-talking each other. And for the record, the guy who plays the voice of Price in Call of Duty, he got called out a couple months ago for demeaning words against women. Um, when are we going to learn this is not going to work? That approach is not going to work in our economy anymore. So I look at what I'm seeing as a lot of stocks have super premium valuations in the video game space. Activision, Take-Two, Electronic Arts. Super premium valuation means that you're not going to take too well to news out of China, cracking down on we shouldn't be doing this to the Chinese children. It's not going to take too well to harassment lawsuit. So Activision's got hit by China and by this California state 
the lawsuit. Um, so take two, they, they're milking the Grand Theft Auto franchise and the Red Dead Redemption franchise. They're planning a crap load, a boatload, a veritable plethora of games over the next five years. But in the last three, they haven't really done much other than milk their old franchises effectively really, really well. Electronic Arts has a new franchise coming out. Not a new franchise, but uh, Battlefield 2042. Their last couple of Battlefields have stunk. So the video game industry not doing well. And here's my opinion on that. Could be an interesting time to invest. I like it when things that I like fall out of favor. I like the S&P 500. When it goes down 5%, I'm happy. When it goes down 10%, I'm happier. Because if it hits an all-time high in 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 25, 30, 35, 40, I won't remember where I was August, what is it? Let's, August something. What is the date? August 5th. You know when I started losing track of the days? When newspapers went away. When in the morning you'd have your cup of Coke or Diet Coke or coffee or tea. Your dad had already rifled through the paper and you'd be like, let's get the sports section first. Then we'll look at the business section. Oh, I want to see what's on TV tonight. Do you remember when TV information was in a newspaper? What are we going to be watching tonight on Friends? The uh, Jennifer Aniston made headline news because she's not hanging out with her unvaccinated friends. And that's the cute angle of the story, that they're still using the, the show Friends as a play on Jennifer Aniston's career. They could have said in September, Apple TV's got a new season of that morning show starring Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. But no, 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 no. Couldn't possibly do that. They had to say that she has unvaccinated friends that she's defriending. And then they brought up the tweet that she sent out last year at this time where she had a friend basically die. But then at the last second, he was saved from death. Roku plays in the whole video game universe as well right now. Roku is facing the same problems video games are. The easy, Not the easy comparisons. The pandemic really shut us all down. And my kids would be like, Dad, can I have $40 for a new video game? I'd be like, sure, son. It's not like we're going out to movie theaters and spending $100 anymore. So I, I, I overspent. And my kids overplayed. Dad, can I get to see my friend Luke? No, you can't because we don't know about Luke's parents and where they've been. They may have got the COVID. So Roku's got the same thing going on. A year ago, we were like, okay, we got cable at our house. We bought a second house. We want TVs in it because we hate each other as a family. We all go to our separate rooms. Kind of like the beginning of the episode of The Simpsons. We all meet up on the couch to watch TV, right? Roku makes hardware, and they've started make, buying programs. So they reported numbers yesterday, and now that COVID-19 restrictions are relaxed, their numbers aren't all that great in a bucket of chicken. They're great, but they're not all that in a bucket of chicken. So the company's earnings uh, were nice. Revenue was up 80% year over year. That's a great number to $618 million. Stock's down 8% on the news. Roku had an average absolute post-earnings move of about 16.7%, meaning that if you bought it the day before earnings, it used to pop 16.7%. Today, they are down 
Why is that a story? It tells you a lot of good things are baked into the cake. And with earnings season, what we're learning is a lot of companies are reporting great numbers. They're saying okay things about the future and they're getting hit because they're only saying okay. Active accounts at Roku were up by 1.5 million to 55.1 million. Streaming hours of 17.4 billion were down 1 million hours from the first quarter. Okay, so first quarter to second quarter, we're watching less Roku, we're using our Roku's less. Which is interesting because I've got two properties and one of them I've got cable and the other one I've got Roku and I stream everything from one to the other kind of thing. So I haven't been on vacation since the spring. So I'm not using my Roku. So it makes sense in the first quarter to second quarter. I, I wasn't using a billion hours. But that's a pretty big fall. Average revenue per active user on Roku, $38.46. That means they're getting a cut when you buy HBO Max. They're getting a cut when you buy Disney Plus. They're getting a cut uh, when you, or they're, yeah, they're selling ads. Roku didn't raise prices on its devices. Um, they're having problems with hardware at this point in time. What's the next Roku? The Roku 4K HDR with Roku 8K, the Roku 16K. They have started building Roku software into TVs and they have started building sound bars. Maybe a Roku Sonus tie up? I don't know. Maybe Roku gets acquired by Google. That one makes sense or Amazon would make sense. I don't think, I think Apple's too snobby. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, Instagram, Twitter, all of it, Rob Black Show. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point, the Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com robblackshow.com This is about as folksy as I like to get. Man, do I miss live concerts in Saratoga at the winery. Something about crawling up that hill and looking out and seeing California at its best. I do miss. I do miss. So, let's see what we have to hit on today. We explained what the exurbs are. People are moving now, instead of 25 miles away from work, they're now moving 25 miles away from 25 miles away from work into the deep wilderness. It's a thing called the exurbs. Um, other stories of note, virtually all emperor penguin colonies are doomed for extinction by 2100 as climate change looms. I don't have a great opinion on that. Let's talk about 10 reasons why stocks fall or fail. Number one would be a recession. Number two would be an earnings mess. Number three, competition. Look what happened to Costco the day Amazon announced they were acquiring Whole Foods. I know you're saying Amazon Whole Foods. Is that really a competitor to Costco? It kind of is. Um, sometimes the style of investing falls out of favor. So be careful that you don't get into momentum or or dot coms or 
um, online betting or be careful. There's macroeconomic factors. A company that generates a lot of its sales overseas could get hit if the dollar strengthens. That's a tough one to explain. Strong dollar, weak dollar investing. But companies like Coca-Cola, they get a big portion of their business in foreign currencies and they have to exchange it back to the dollar. And that can hit a company pretty hard. There's microeconomic forces that can drive a stock higher or lower, like styles. Crocs are cool again. The investment in Crocs is hip and cool and, and, and swanky. But for 10 years, it was in an Arctic freeze after being hip and cool and swanky for five years before that. You get black swan events. Like if you own an, a mall or a mall REIT real estate investment trust and the pandemic destroyed, the pandemic destroyed your business, nothing to prepare, prepare a sector for that. Black swan events. Then you get innovation, technology innovation. Look at how tech has regularly killed itself. IBM, Barnes Noble, Radio Shack, Research in Motion, the BlackBerry, the graveyard of companies that were killed by progress. It's always growing. The internet superhighway is littered with companies that are roadkill. Sometimes your stock will go down just because everything goes down. And sometimes it goes down because things don't always go up. Those are the 10 reasons why stocks go up and down. Or I'm sorry, 10 reasons why stocks go down. Let's talk about the coming boom. Boom, boom, boom. In the first iteration of the coronavirus, the Fed poured liquidity into the economy. The government handed out free cash. That resulted in stocks climbing 100% from their March lows. So what's going to be our next thought here? The last few bear markets before we get to the next bull market. Let's talk about the last few bear markets. A bear market is when the market goes down 20%. That's typical. Some people will call a recession two quarters in a row of negative GDP. Sometimes they go hand in hand, not always. Our last bear market was 2020, and that was tied towards the coronavirus. Ultimately, a short panic bear market. Then you have to go back nine years before that in 2011, where we had a European debt crisis. Where we went down 19%. It's like, is it going to be a bear market? 19.5%, and it just stopped going down. And then it ticked down 20%, and it was done. The European debt crisis, we looked at banks and we looked at the ECB, Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, as the ECB, the he was the Jerome Powell. He was the guy who was telling banks what to do, and they, they were running out of money, and they got to negative interest rates. The big bear market before 2011 was tied towards real estate. Real estate always goes up until it doesn't. Real estate going up means that more loans are being taken on. More loans being taken on means that there could be a house of cards that is created. And that's what exactly what happened in 2006, 2008, which created the bear market for the stock market when real estate crashed and brought it down with it. Now, before 2008, you had to go back eight more years to the dot-com bust. 2000, 2002, where tech stocks went through the moon from 1994 to 2000. Just everything was going up. You had website after website, uh, 
business idea after business idea. Someone wanted to come up with smells through the internet. That stock would go up 100% while Yahoo would go up 200%. And then someone said, hey, we could do Yahoo better than Yahoo does Yahoo, and we'll call it Google. And like everyone came public, and there were cities, companies like GeoCities, which would help you build a really crappy website, and they went up. Excited Home went up. And the recession before that, or the bear market before the dot-com bust, was tied towards real estate in 1991. The bear market before that was 1987, a one-day phenomenon where the market pulled down over 20%. A flash crash. In the early 1980s, we had higher interest rates. Uh, coming off the Jimmy Carter years, kind of inflation, oil, there was a lot of things there. But those are the last bear markets, interest rates, a technical crash on Wall Street, a one-day event, real estate, dot-com overvaluations, real estate loans again in 2008, European debt crisis in 2011, 2020 coronavirus. Monetary policy is too good right now. It's creating tailwinds. I think we have another bull market on our hands right now. I'm Rob Black. It will lead to a bear market down the road. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com.